One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Estee Lalonde show. This is sadly our last episode for a while, but it is a good one. That's why I saved it for last. It's with my great friend Freya, who is an amazing ceramicist. She is a beautiful mind, as you will hear very very shortly, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. She is amazing. Hi Freya. Hi Estee. We're friends. We are friends. Just about. Just about. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're friends because I really think you, I've described you as a magic person before. Oh. And, <laughs> and I just really think that you, I don't know, you just have a little sprinkling of magical dust all around you at all times. So, And so do you. And so <laughs> do you. And so does everyone, to be honest, if they only fucking realized it. Am I allowed to swear? Should we cut out the swearing? That's perfectly fine. And <laughs> just you saying that just goes to show already that, you know, you are just a magical person. So anyway, let's just get started with a little bit about who you are and mm -hmm. how you got started with pottery. I want to hear the, the story from beginning to end. Okay, well, cool. Beginning to now. Okay. To begin with, before I was even born, I've got a father who practice he was a sculptor he traveled to Zimbabwe he did lots of stone carving he, he came back he started to work with clay and different materials but he, he found that his favorite material to work with as a sculptor was clay because of its versatility and the tuck the feel of it and how it makes you feel when you work with it so I've had a dad that adopted clay as his practice and it, it got him, he submerged into the world of ceramics and he had really supportive um, teachers at university that inspired him to take this on. So I grew up with a father that had a, a workshop, a little studio, and he, it was pretty hard when we were, when we were kids. I remember being really quite poor, to be honest. And I think he was finding it hard to make a living off of it. Um, now it's the complete opposite. So I always had clay at my fingertips, really. But I mean, when you're a child, it doesn't matter what, what your parents do. I don't think we really, we kind of take it for granted a little bit. I was always a bit like, oh, God's sake, got to go to the studio, help clean up, got to do. I mean, I felt more like a slave than anything. You know, it's just what, what it's like. And so really it was... It, it, a lot later on in my life is when I actually turned around and looked at it in the eyes and said, hang on, I really bloody like this stuff. This stuff is fucking fantastic. So having that as an underlying cause, you know, when you're 
when you're parents, you've always got it in your life. My realisation of my interest began when I was in, actually probably college, probably college. I went to the Brit school, I did visual art and design course. And in one of the projects, I didn't know what the hell to do as usual. I always left any, everything to the last minute. I never did any of my homework, or was a waste of fucking time. I used to come home every day, sleep, I didn't do any socialising. I didn't have any, you know, I was just, I was a bit of a um, attitude-y teenager. Let's just put it in a mild way, right? Big attitude. And so I left all my projects last minute. I had that there was one final project. I had to fucking come up with something. I was like, oh, for God's sake, let me just go to the, let me just go to dad's studio and stick some clay bits together. And I did, all right? And in those two hours of sitting there, I opened up a bag of clay. I started rolling. I didn't know what I was doing. I, just, I was just going with something. I just said, I just have to come up with something. And I sat there for two hours. And after the two hours, I used about five bags of clay. And I had this phenomenal sort of installation of a hundred figures, like little figures that look like my hands were moving at the speed of light. But I made loads of little, these men. So for those I mean, people listening that can't see this, Freya's running around uh, her studio, grabbing things and showing them to me, these figures. And yeah, and I saw, I, I kind of delved into my own story. To be honest, that was the crunch time because it, all of my realizations of the world and about myself in it, and they all actually came to me then. And, and these figures represented, they've all got little babies on them which represents something precious, like we're all carrying something really precious. And I, th th these were just innate feelings and thoughts that I had within me. So it was like, we're all scrambling around. There was like, I just felt a huge desperation at the age of 17, 18. I just felt a huge sadness and desperation because I could, I, I just saw, I just didn't understand the world and I was really confused. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I remember just standing there thinking, what on earth is going on? Is this real? Is this life? And so I sort of channeled that all into these figures and they were all telling a story. So they were all carrying these little gems and, and the story was that all of these people are chasing, it's like we don't know what we're chasing but we're chasing something and that chase that we have within us, that hunger, that drive, it becomes greedy and ugly and angry but there's also, you know, a huge beauty in in what's going on but at the time I saw that sort of the ugliness of it and how we're fighting and killing each other and and I just saw a struggle for whether those bits of of precious bits them they represent money or gold whatever it is and so this piece of work that I first did really I think it really took me to the next level I actually thought wow I can use this material to express my feelings from the core of me and, and just the whole process of working with it in your hands and making the stuff was just an incredible experience. And I think that's when I first acknowledged, okay, I like this stuff. Why didn't I do it earlier? But I think, you know, I was always just running away from it because it's what my parents, my dad did. But I just saw the negative side. I just saw him struggling because he works his ass off and he always worked so ridiculously hard. And I just, I suppose I just felt sorry for him. But 
um, from that point onwards, I, I kind of flipped the coin and then I went to university, went to Chelsea and um, there was a ceramics, I did a fine art degree there. And I, I found on this fine art degree, I found, um, I spent a lot of my time in the ceramics studio. Um, and, I, and again, I was just making loads of these sculptures and I just had to get it out. I made loads and loads and loads of them and I gave them away. And, and at the end of it, I had all these things. And then my tutor said, you haven't done, you haven't done enough research. I said, what? I haven't done enough research. For what? For what? This is my work. I've told you. What more do you want? And I think my resistance or conflict with institutions or the school, the whole education, the self-schooling system, I was in disbelief of how my experience was. I mean, I don't really, I don't really want to go into the university, but I didn't enjoy university. I found it was very contradictory of the art industry and what art represents to me. So I took my clay and I kind of said, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, so Freya, I want to stop you there because there's just so much I want to talk about from what you just said. So you did your first kind of figures when you were around 17. That's when you first, you know, decided, oh, I really bloody love this stuff. And yeah. have you come any closer to figuring out what those little things on the sides are? that are represented in people that's been a few um, years now i mean the core essence of it is the magic that we're all made of which is energy now you know i've learned more about that what that means but at the time there were babies there were little babies and i painted them with gold and stuff and they're really precious and these figures were nurturing these little babies and you know we all need nurturing where your baby comes out and you hug it and you feed it love and and so that's what it represents but that little baby is the seed in all of us we all start off as this little seed and then we blossom we blossom and if that and if we're not allowed to freely blossom like that that's when we can't grow we're stifled where things turn very negative when we can't organically grow but so there i mean there's seeds of life energy starts in the smallest form and it's everything and it is everything around us mm -hmm. um but at the time when I, I wasn't really aware of the law any laws of how the world works or i was really aware that we were all chasing something and there's there's something that we were trying to pro protect there's but no one know what the what the hell it is no one knows no one knows no one knows, but we're, but we're just running around. And so that was my confusion. I so was like, still why? as confused is what I'm getting. I was like, why are we all running around? <laughs> what's going on? Oh, yes. That, what's, the, what's the reason for why, why are we doing what we're doing? Um, so they were, my, they were my confusing thoughts. They were all kind of depicted like a tribe and you had a tribe leader and he was quite aggressive with a gun and he was doing those violence and stuff all because we were chasing gold. All of it was for, for money. And we're still doing that now. I mean, everything's about money. I mean, 
I think I feel like that's the fake story of the money. So you did this project, which by the way, sounds amazing. And I can't wait to have some wine and chat about this further on a later occasion. But um, you, you spoke about using clay to reflect what was happening in your core. How do you really know what you're feeling in your core and then take that feeling and express it using whatever kind of medium, yours is clay. How do you do that? I think that's a, that's a good interest. I mean, the realization that clay was a good material for me to work with was, and this goes for most everything in our life, really. Everything that's on our doorstep, everything that's, that we're already doing, we're doing it because it's easy for us. You know, it's this, what's easy for me might be very difficult for you and vice versa. And I think we all take it for granted what we, what we all find easy for ourselves. But that's actually, if you compare yourself to somebody else, the reason why you're doing that and she's doing that is because that's your calling. That's for her. That's for you. That's for you. And if clay didn't feel good in my hands, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have given it a second look and I would have moved on by now to something, you know, else. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. And then my dad said to me, I said, yeah, I was like, why am I doing this? I sort of said, I said, Yolanda, why Yolanda, my sister, you know, I, I said, I sort of undermined myself when I was a bit young. I said, oh, I'm just doing this because you're doing it or something like that. And then he said, well, no, you've, you've picked it up. You've obviously got a calling for it because you've taken to it, not just taken to it with a pinch of salt. You've fucking run with it. You've, you really like head head stuck in clay. You're you're fully submerged, and you know. He, I think he could see my he could see my obsession, and he could see my drive, and he could he could he could feel what was pushing me. You no, know, because my sister didn't pick up. You know, people might like it. They're like, oh, really nice. You no, know, I made a little pot here. I stroked the clay a little bit. I made a da da da. But there's yeah. a difference. You know, and and that's how we know. That's when I look at someone else and they're doing fabric and they love wool or they love. And then I realized, okay, that that was the answer. Mm. And then how did you go about finding your own style? Because obviously your dad was a huge influence and he has such a distinctive style. Did mm. that just naturally happen and you just did things that felt right to your soul? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm very inspired by his, his style. Um, his style is a, it's a story. It's, um, you can see a lot of love in his work. It's, re it's really quite spiritual. And I always used to look at the pots in the living room and, you know, all of his stuff is in our home as well. So I used to look at it all the time and think, well, it's just so beautiful to look at. And it just makes me feel so peaceful and loved. I think, and um, so I'm getting tearful. <laughs> so, so it has really—it's definitely inspired me. And I—I th I remember thinking, God, he—he's so amazing. I remember thinking, God, he's so talented. Like, it's—it's it's incredible what he can do. Well, I wish I—I I wish I could make something that beautiful in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mum the same, but in a different expression form. And but I do specifically remember thinking, 
well they're really beautiful i wish i had i could do something or my i had an ability that could that i could be proud of i wish i could do something that i could be proud of and have you reached that point within yourself yeah it's yeah i i think now I think I'm learning to be proud of myself all the time, actually. It's different now. My perspective of of myself is different because you get better. Everybody gets better. Okay. We're always getting better at what we do. And if if you're satisfied, you know, if if you stop at the last best sculpture you made last year. Yeah, well, that's the best I'm going to do. I'm going to stop there. And then you just keep looking back at that one thing that you met. You know, you keep, you've got to, we've all got to keep expanding and evolving. So I'm, I suppose, like constantly making yourself proud. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be proud of myself regardless, to be mm. honest. Yeah, it's a very difficult no. thing. And I feel like, um, a lot of people always use that word proud in my life too. They're like, you must be so proud. Your mom must be so proud. Mm. This, that word is almost triggering for me because. It is triggering. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not there yet, but I find it triggering. And um, yeah. I think it's because I cannot separate the difference of proud within myself and making my ego proud yeah oh god oh god yeah but ego. that's my problem <laughs> fucking hell ego is, <laughs> i mean yeah so yeah. i want to just switch paces a little bit and i'm not going to talk a lot about your university experience because you don't want to get into it whatever who does i also well, no, i don't i don't mind i, I mean i'm all i i mainly want to say about it on a positive note is that i hope so I think a lot of people have realised what their university experience has done for them or not done for them, or at least it's made us realise that it really has to improve. And the art education really needs a turnaround, really needs a turnaround. Because art, I mean, for me, art is giving. I mean, it's giving, it's supposed to share and help the audience understand themselves a bit better or at least express an idea that would open their minds a little bit or make them think. But I found when I was, that I found that it, it was quite elite, the atmosphere was very elitist and um, and was the opposite kind of, a, the attitude was kind of like, well, I don't give a shit if they, no one understands it. It's for me, it, it was kind of like, just art for other artists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and and it was just about money the the worst bit about it was it was contradicting my whole reason for doing art because it was purely about money even my tutors would say yeah well you know stick a couple of you know stick some pictures up there take quick bit and then you get a million it was like the way he the way it was taught was for me was just a huge contradiction so that's why i i kind of did that yeah, that makes sense to me as well. And the whole reason I actually wanted to have you on the podcast, besides your amazing ability as a ceramicist, is that the correct word? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is because I wanted to talk to you about teaching and learning. Because mm, yeah, good. I have had many experiences with you as a teacher. 
And I don't know if you remember the first time I met you and I came to your studio and, you know, I was introduced to you and you were showing me what to do. I was mm. a much different person and it wasn't even really that long ago, but mm. the way you taught me the first few steps of making something un unlocked something within me that made me realize that you can learn and you can try new things without the pressure. And I think that is what's so amazing about the way you teach is for whatever reason, somehow the way you explain it deletes and removes all pressure and you walk mm. into your studio and you melt. Do you do that intentionally? I love hearing that feedback. That's really, I really enjoy hearing this sort of feedback because it, to be honest, that's the reason why I do it, you know, because I mean, because I'm trying to give the opposite of my learning experience. And I think that's the same with my dad as well. You know, when teachers used to turn around and say, you'll never be anything because you're black, you know, all that rubbish. I'm sure loads of people have had things like that in school where you're not going to amount to anything. And, so I think we're consciously giving the opposite, the nurturing and the kindness and the space that learning needs, you know, the forgiveness it needs. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I mean, how, how are you supposed to learn? It's like you don't, you don't watch a baby fall over and go, oh, get up, you little clumsy shit. You know, you don't, <laughs> you know, it's baby steps. The seed starts small. If you shove the, a big spoon in the mouth, I mean, how are you going to... Everything is like that. And that's what you realise. Everything is step by step, step by step. Patience. Patience and perseverance are, are, are definitely key. But, right, but just before you even know that you need to have any patience or persevere with it, you need to allow that person to make their own connection with the material and what's what's being what's going on they need the space to make that connection and to and to find their own little bit of enjoyment without you in the way fuck off yeah sometimes the teachers are just too in the way you know so i really want to talk about this um you know i've come with myself i've come with our mutual friend nadia i've brought other people along, a few other people, and I've seen you and I've observed you because I'm a creeper, but I'm also just in awe of you. And I've watched the way you give each person that space and you don't rush anything. And where do you get the patience? Because obviously your skill set is way above, okay, roll out the clay. Like, where do you get the patience to teach the same things over and over with the same slowness as day one? That's so interesting you said that. I mean, I forgot that I do that because I've ingrained, I've made that the practice, the whole point of the fucking practice. If you're not going to be patient, I mean, you can see even in my, the way I'm talking now, I've got a lot of, I'm actually quite, my natural, I'm quite, I can be really um, um, fiery, fiery. But when it comes to this, I had to completely flip my personality to allow, allow what I wanted. I think, and also I remember when I was learning, I remember I was given a lot of space and I was more sort of guided through 
well, you fucked up there, you've blown the kiln up, don't do that again, sort of thing. And it was like, I was allowed to make all the mistakes. In fact, I was, I was probably taught quite differently to how I teach in the way that I'm, I'm a little bit more supportive to how I was sort of just like my parents, it's the same with my, my childhood. My parents were just like really stepped back and I would run around naked in the mud sort of thing. And so when I was learning clay, my father just stepped back and watched from the side and was very patient with me. And he was just really not pushy. He was very gentle and just supportive and in the background and was just there and would just guide me, give me tidbits here and there. All right, well, yeah, if you make that a bit longer, do that a bit thicker, all right, that a bit more, then yeah, you know, it was more sort of like that. So I, I held on to that. And I thought, okay, well, that really worked for me. I wanted to talk about the supportiveness, especially in the way that you taught me, because I've been to many pottery classes before from when I was a kid, I did it. Then, you know, I got a little older, I did one. And they always felt so structured. Like, we don't go on the wheel until week seven, you know, whereas I came into your studio and you were like, do you want to try the wheel today? Or do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? And you left it up to me. And I just love that so much and the other thing i loved freya is when i got on the wheel you put your hands with my hands and you helped me make something which is like on ghost movie and i just i can't explain it it was a type of like human connection that i haven't felt where it was like someone really tactilely if that's a word helping me build something that means where's the humility i know yeah. I know. Well, yeah, you're so, yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, and re- I've realised that I'm going to do this my own way. And I've realised I don't care. I'm going to do it my own way. And I do what feels right. And I've seen lots of courses and they're very strict. And, and it's funny because some students want that, but that they'll go to the courses that are quite strict and regimented. And... Um, and, you know, you hear lots of feedback from students here and there and here and there. And, and there's some, a lot of students really like to be bossed around and told what to do because they're lost and because they have no, a lot of people don't have any intuition. Um, they have no intuitive sort of capacity. And so they do need to be told every little baby step, which is fine, which is fine, which is fine. Um, but it's when someone walks in the room, you can you get the sense within the first minute of being with them, or as soon as you give them one instruction and how they respond to that instruction, you know immediately how you're going to be with that person. So reading and being sensitive towards the other human is probably the number one thing you gotta get good at. Okay. A lot of teachers don't aren't really looking at the human human connection here that's the that's what's get that's what's doing the job is the human connection a lot of them are just maybe focused on how well they're or how good they are or uh, i think a lot of teachers have a control ego thing and i decided to to just kind of loosen that up a lot i think you've hit the nail on the head with that because I think a lot of times when I'm being taught something, whether whatever, no matter what it is, is it's all about the end results. Whereas the way you teach things is it's very experiential. It's about the process. And I swear for it, you're the first t- teacher I've ever had that's made me understand that. 
Well, yeah, because if you can't, most of the learning is the process. The end result is like, is a flash. The end result, once it's come out of the kiln or any end result, even a race, you know, a hundred meter sprinter, that's the 30 seconds, it's done. You've got to enjoy the process. You've got to enjoy the now. And we need to be doing that every day anyway. So I try and be as present as I can with the people because that's where all the juices are coming out. That's how, that's how you inspire them to see, to feel the potential. You know, energy works in that way. It's like you go through that little door and then another door opens and you access higher and higher and they start feeling different feelings and they start having different thoughts about what they can do and different creative inspiration comes through. But that's why you have to start gently so that they can start like grab hold of of a connection themselves again that's going back to giving space and i see a lot of parallels between what you literally and physically do with the clay to make a thing and what you energetically do to teach someone how to make something do you Mm. also see those parallels you must see them every day it's been a big teacher yeah clay has has definitely been a master of that that relationship there is a huge parallel there yeah I do think about that a lot to be honest it has taught me a lot of that naturally and I think that's how to be honest I think it woke me up I think dealing with Claire I mean I think I was probably psychotically woken up at the age of 17 anyway but it's 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 allowed me to navigate the world through the language of clay I've been able to understand the world through this language because intimacy and touch is really important to me it's my language is touch and feeling and it accessed a part of my brain that nobody else's words could right it's just it is energy I hate to keep bringing up that word but it really is an energetic bigger knowing greater knowing of what it kind of feels like and what it means so how do you take all of Mm. these lessons that you've learned through clay and through your students and through the people Mm. in your studio and apply them to your regular life do you feel Mm. like you're a presence person it's really difficult to be first thing i'd say is it's taught me what it means to persevere what does that mean to persevere what does that mean it means you start again you fuck up you start again you fuck up, you start again, you fuck up, you do it again and again. And each time you start again, you're a little bit better. You, you've understood something a tiny bit more. You pivot. You do it. And so that's what I understood by perseverance. And I understood that if I could just get a little bit better and a little bit better and have the patience to do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. So if you don't have the patience, then you're not going to allow yourself to do it. You'll just stop at the second or first hurdle. You're like, oh, fuck that one. Too difficult. But something in me was like, no, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm really going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I think it was just, the, there's, I was kind, I, there's a kindness with, there's a kindness with it. So it allowed me, it just allowed me the space to, to learn those core, those life skills for myself. So perseverance is a very strong one. Patience is a very strong one. Um, Do you feel like Clay has taught you to be kinder to yourself or do you struggle with that no i think i'm learning to be more and more and more kind with myself i kind of i try and treat myself how i treat my students now mm-hmm. with kindness and understanding and just <laughs> always always being forgiving it's okay you can it's always like just the lightness you know it's all right it's just a bit of clay you know it's all right just chuck it away start again or it's okay you can it's only lump of clay just it's that lightness so I yeah because that's how I try and be so yeah I mean probably with me I'm probably too maybe I mean sometimes I think I'm not strict enough in terms of standards sometimes I think I've just made this thing here you see okay she's pointing her camera to literally the most stunning is it like a gigantic vase sculpture it's beautiful Freya yeah it's a weird thing I was gonna put a handle here just now wow anyway I, I I look at these things and I think oh god I could do so much better you know if I just sat there and spun you know I do you do have that where you just think oh you could do better and better and better and better and better and better and there, are but, there ever things that you make and you're just so disappointed with you just chuck away? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, at, I'm in the process of giving half this studio away now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's like, I mean, it was, the things are good then when you make them and then they, they, you look at them and you think, that's not me anymore. You know, I've moved on from that style or I've moved on from the way of thinking when I made that. Mm, it's not good enough for me anymore. I want to portray myself in a different light. That's another nice parallel to draw is kind of the letting go of a past self. Mm, yeah, really very strong on that. Especially, you know, because I'm looking at, you look around the room, at, you're basically, you're looking around, I'm just looking at my pots and stuff. And you're looking at the past, which is nice, you know, some nice things, but there's only so, so, there's only so long you can look at the past for. It's good to let go and it feels, it's liberal. You know, when we chuck things away, when we're tidying our room or whatever, it always feels good to just let things go and it just makes space for the newness that's coming on. Because there's all, the future can always be better. 
And that's what excites me is that allow the future to be better than your past or, you know. And even during COVID times, you're still feeling hopeful about the future? Yeah, better than ever. I really? Mean, I think we're in the shits now. This is, we're really <laughs> going through it. I think we're all really, it's difficult. You know, it's, it's difficult. I think we're all choosing, a lot of people are choosing to delve in and use the opportunity to process what's happening around us and sort out our personal things as well as the collective. Because we need, we need, if we don't change ourselves on an individual level, we can't move anywhere in tangent together. So this is the time really for all that nitty gritty stuff to be sorted out. And it's bloody uncomfortable. It really is. And you just, you've got to sit with it. You've got to sit with it. And, you know, each day you might have a new thing or another little, there's always, every day there's always something, but also we're learning how to navigate our feelings, learn how to be human, really learning how, what your feelings do for you, what your thoughts are doing for you, you know, how, how to actually use our bodies, feed our bodies. I mean, humans don't even know what a human is. We don't know. We just don't know way too much stuff. Right? Yeah. We don't know way too much stuff. Or we think we know, but we have no idea. Yeah. And the more you know, you actually figure out you don't. The more you know, the more you know how much you don't know exactly you don't know what you don't know what you don't know exactly and, yeah. and, and that's a really humbling thing that's a really humbling thing. and that's why I'm hopeful because we haven't completed this journey before we have never completed this journey before so we have to be kind to ourselves because we've, we haven't done it before I mean you can't stand there saying it sh shoulds and shoulds and should be like that we've never experienced this before as a collective and on individual even every day every moment it's a new moment it was a new so you do have i think being kind to yourself we're learning allow yourself to learn allow yourself to this is a moment understand the moment use the moment for what it's for it's here for a reason this is don't ignore it or bypass it overlook it sidetrack it use this for what it is because it's going to go this moment's going to pass and there'll be a new moment where you leap more benefits opportunities come from that other moment so and i'm hopeful about the future because possibilities are endless that's why and the world is full of possibilities and um i'm sure the more we learn about ourselves the more we realize that every human has a lot of power within themselves to really change their lives and and to do what they want with their lives really possibilities possibilities means that you can think of something you can dream of something and then you can you can work towards that and make it happen that's what a possibility is so in the future we're just in, the, now is a good time to plant loads of seeds of new possibilities you know? sometimes i find possibilities and the idea of so many endless possibilities a little bit um daunting and mm -hmm. almost drowning because i think there's so much i could be doing why am i doing so little i could go do this i could go do that why am i not doing this ah and that's yeah another thing another thing another thing I, I think we all have this we all we don't believe that what we're doing actually right now is really important you you, you don't have you shouldn't 
feel that you need to go any faster or slower than where you are right now is exactly where you need to be. When you're sitting on a toilet having a shit, that's exactly where you need to be. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. If you, you know, when you're eating your dinner, you need to eat. That's exactly where you need to be. When you're in bed all day, like staring at the ceiling, thinking what the fuck's going on, that's exactly where you need to be. You're going through a process and every bit of the process, whether it's uncomfortable or you're in most joy, you're, it's lead, one thing is leading to another. It's always, if you don't have... This is how contrast works. This is how we learn about ourselves, what we want, what we don't want. If you don't have a bad uh, interaction or you don't have a negative moment, then you won't think, oh, actually, I don't like that. I prefer that. And then you go and do that. And that's how it's like we're sifting and sorting through our lives and, and refining it and getting to make it more and more what we want. And But... Um, yeah that's another thing just and the pressure of i mean where's that pressure coming from it's like self-inflicted harm it's like and then you feel bad that you're putting pressure on yourself or you feel bad that you feel bad and you know mm -hmm. it's ridiculous like let it go but how do you let it go sometimes <laughs> exactly. just, sometimes sometimes you just knock, knock yourself <laughs> seriously sometimes, sometimes you do it's yeah, like, it's, because it is it's just it can be too much. And I know before we started recording, we were speaking just very briefly about how today feels like an anxious day for both of us. I've had anxiety since, I mean, forever, but yesterday and today, I just cannot shake it. And it is so annoying. As a creator, how do you create when you're in this state? Do you just accept it and go with it? Do you take a day off? Do you mm. listen to your body? Do you what do you mm, do? Mm, 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 mm. All of the above, actually. And then I'll settle with one that works. So sometimes I'll go with the pace. If I'm feeling, if the anxiousness, if you've got that racing in your heart or something, I'll move my body in that way. I'll maybe go for a run or I'm here sitting, I'm playing with play, I'm doing it quickly. I'm, I, I let the body behave the way I'm feeling. See, see how that works. Maybe it gets it out. It releases it a little bit. And then, and then throughout, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, this is all part of it. I'm thinking, Freya, this is fine. This is it. This is it. This is the work. This is the job. You're alive. This is it. This is the life. This is how it's supposed to be. This is what you're learning. This is what you're going through. This is what you need. This is how it is. This is okay. This is it. This is how it's supposed to be. It's fine. You know, I just repeat and I have these thoughts. Or I think, you know, what else would I be doing? What else would I be doing right now? You could be in Miami. Yeah, that'd be nice for a few days and I get bored. <laughs> and then you go somewhere out, you know. It's um, hard to find purpose, even though you have a purpose, which is clay, you have your art, you know, I have a purpose. I, you know, I've got my dog, she's my purpose, but what you spoke about in the beginning about your first project of what are we all chasing? Why are we all running around? We haven't really got much closer to it, but I think I'm picking up that <laughs> we just have to be a little lighter about everything. Is that yeah. true? I think, you know, I think that's, I mean, at the end of an anxious day when I've got a spiff in my hand, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, at the end of my day. But uh, no, is that, can we talk about that? So at the end of your day, you smoke a joint every day. Is that what well, you Well, I haven't done, I didn't last for the last two nights, but I've noticed that I have been using, I've been smoking hash. And just, it just really relaxes me. <laughs> I just feel great. <laughs> I just feel absolutely great. I'm like, God, all that fuss, what was all that fuss about? I'm fine. It's fine. We're fine. It all worked out. The day worked out. The people are fine. And even if it didn't work out, it will do. It's all right. I'm going to die. I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> I feel like I would have a much different response if I smoked hash. That is for sure. Oh, really? It just... What about music? But, but, Does music I've help heard... you? Yeah, I listen to... I'm plugged in all the time. I suppose what I'm learning to do is the smoking thing because I think I'm dealing with some some relationship grief as well some heartbreak grief I'm I am dealing with that on a personal level so um I'm learning how to all, all the thoughts that I have when I'm in a really relaxed state of being and I feel on top I feel the all the yeses like yes yeah you know when you just feel really great all those thoughts I'm just trying to learn how to incorporate those thoughts without using the substance mm -hmm. I think what I've learned through growing up is sometimes and I'm not advocating necessarily but life gets real and you need to do what you have to do to get through certain things mm, exactly is kind of how I look at that exactly that I mean drugs herbs whatever they're on the planet for us to use they're a tool okay i i've always seen them as a therapy thing so when i'm high if i get to that state of highness whether i'm on weed or not or on whatever or not i take note of it and i acknowledge it and say oh i'm feeling this is really doing something good for me what is it and i pinpoint those the feelings and the thoughts and i write them down and i use i use all these opportunities as therapy because every day is a learning experience every moment this is this conversation is it's all it all matters it all counts you know so what you're saying is every time you smoke a spliff as you say you're using that time as therapy and it's not purely escapism no, I'm, I, in my, I'm very aware that it's therapy for me because I'm not here to, I'm equally not trying to waste my, my energy source, my life force. And I realize, you know, I'm, I don't want to kill myself and I don't want to be ungrateful and kill myself out of self-sabotage. And, you know, I'm also aware of, you know, it could be killing me. I don't know. But I think also how you think about it is affecting that. You know, if you're, if you think it's killing you, it probably is. But if you're using it to actually release, release stuff and do the opposite, then um, I think your thoughts play a role in every nuance of our actions. Mm. So what you think of your thoughts. Well, Freya, I must say, it's always a mind-opening experience talking to you, my friend. I love hearing the inner workings of your brain, soul, and being. Just to bring it back to pottery, which is why we're here. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah, good point. Good point. I'm not even high. I'm not even high. That's the thing. I know. I'm... I know. <laughs> um, I haven't. I haven't ingested chemicals for a while. Um, just to bring it back to pottery, what would you? say to someone listening who is interested and especially after hearing the way you're so connected to the material and the art form and um the whole thing what would you say to someone who's maybe never tried it or how do they even start or can anyone start what do you think anybody could start anybody could start um i think it's more whether that person feels like they've got it in them to to go with it if they i mean some people don't feel joy when they touch it they'll feel they might feel irritation or they might feel a little stuck or something else yeah yeah, stuckness and um and then so it's more sort of how that person interprets that feeling that expression some some people might be like oh god I find this really frustrating I want to get better I'm determined to get better I want to do it and then some other people will respond to that and say oh god it's way too hard fuck that or they'll be like nah nah it's not for me nah it's too messy or you know I mean it's the same with pottery and anything else like yoga for instance like not everyone connects in the same way and I think connection is what we're all craving connection to others connection to Mm -hmm. ourselves so you know to try as many things as you can connect with you just never know what's just gonna hit different and you're gonna be like wow I bloody love this just like you did when you were 17. Yeah well that's it isn't it yeah connection exactly that's well, you've got to give the space for that connection to form organically. You can't force the connection. Just like in dating. Yeah, exactly. That, in dating. Because it's just so, it's slightly forced. If you feel pressurised and it's a little bit forced and if you can't let it catch on, let your connection catch on organically, like how friendships grow organically, then it's going to be a lot more difficult. But thinking about how friendships form organically that's a really good parallel when when approaching new things to learn with because it's like can this be my new friend you know can yoga be my new friend can this activity be my new friend can play be my new friend yeah be friends with it maybe that's a nice that's quite a nice thing to yeah approach more scenarios with openness and just that lightness that we were talking about i think it's going to be a beautiful way of living and I'm going to try to implement this a lot more in my life because I can definitely go into situations like don't like that person can't do this moving on Mm, I know with liking I know that's another thing dislike all of our judgments come up when we face something new all of our judgments dislike like do I agree with it do I disagree with it is it wrong or right yeah being more open yeah I think we're do you feel like people are learning to be more open now Who knows? (laughs) I mean, I half feel like we've we've kind of got no choice to be a bit more. 
I think what you said more about how we cannot change as a collective without addressing the you know inner workings of ourselves. I think we need to learn to be maybe a little more open with ourselves, even more honest with ourselves. Or maybe that's just something I'm working through right now, which is really speaking to my own soul, not my mind. Really, what do I feel? How am I doing? What, mm. you know, all of these things, you know, this is like, you know, why I'm doing the podcast. I'm trying to explore that a little bit. But Freya, we're running out of time. The last thing I want to say is where can people buy your beautiful pottery, which comes perfectly packaged with all of your energy inside? They can come directly to my studio and say hi to me. That'd be nice. Say hi, look around, you can pick what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you could design something with me. I can make it for you. Oh, or nice. you can go onto the internet where Instagram is and say, hey, I really like one of these. Um, can you ship it to me? And then I'll do my best to do that. Yeah, but I, I really like it when people actually come. It's yeah. really nice. I and have to say, yeah. going into your studio, it's almost like going to like, you know, a restaurant you've been dying to try the food and you really love the chef it's like you don't want to get a takeaway item you want to go to that studio mm, you know mm. what i mean yeah yeah it's nice it's, it's um, really nice but equally i've i've kind of i i've learned that i like to be a little bit more personal with my customers so uh, before i was shipping out just stacks and stacks of stuff which i still can do but i do like it when people visit yeah lovely thank you so much freya you're so welcome i hope to see you very soon in person (laughs) yeah okay thank you bye can you not can i still talk to you (laughs) yeah we're done the episode now (laughs) okay cool Thank you for listening to another episode of the Estee Lalonde Show. If you'd like to keep up to date with all of our new episodes, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Estee Lalonde Show. If you want to be extra nice and support the show, then you can leave us a rating as well. I also want to say that um, working with clay has taught me to feel more and talk less. Feel my way through. And that's a whole other understanding that I've become more and more familiar with. And it, it takes a lot of learning because I think we're taught, you know, people are confused about what to do with our feelings. We run around in our feelings all day, every day, and actually use your feelings as a guidance system. What are our feelings? We don't even know how to use our human body, but our feelings actually have a, a really important purpose. When you feel bad, you're, you're kind of off track. But not in the way that you need to feel bad about feeling bad. It's more a guidance as to say, you don't need to feel this way about this particular subject. You can relax. Your, your, the bigger part of you is actually absolutely fine. This is all part of the learning journey sort of thing. But when it's hands connecting to clay, I think that's why I like to touch people as well, because I want to connect to them and there's just it's really nice because there's just a moment of silence and and it's really funny it's the moment where I sort of break all the rules <clears throat> and I go I say put your hand out and put your hand out I said make an L shape make an L shape 
<clears throat> and then they felt I fold their finger down, I put their hand into the position and and I'm really conscious about the way I touch their hand and the pace that I move and my breathing. And it's a very sensitive space that you suddenly step into when you're that close to someone. So I've practiced it and I've yeah, felt my way through that and I respond, I behave differently to everyone that walks through the door, but I do actually find a way to do that to everybody, <laughs> which is quite incredible. Even the Prime Minister's brother. Um, <laughs> it's, just so, it's just nice to break boundaries, because at the end of the day, we're all human, and we're all variants of the same bloody thing. Uh, and yeah, the quicker we wake up to that, the better. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.